1: what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and after coming out of that game last night, if you're not jacked, you don't have a pulse. The Grizzlies took down the Brooklyn Nets 132-120, to 120, and it was a great game. The forum was absolutely rocking, and it was a game that you look back on and see all the fanfare that was ESPN in the city of Memphis, everything that was surrounding that game. John Moran is out, and the team absolutely stepped up. Well, coming out of that game, we have a guy that was in attendance. He is Ryan Miller, he is the assistant coach of Creighton University, and he is also the brother to Mike Miller who Desmond Bain broke his record last night with three pointers in a single season for the Grizzlies. So it was an awesome moment that he was able to be there sitting with Mike and enjoying the game, but seeing one of his guys, the guy that he recruited in Desmond Bain, break the record, the same franchise as his brother played back in the day. And it was probably a moment that was one of the coolest moments because you're the coach, you're the brother, it's family, and it's one of those moments that he's going to look back and just, just think how awesome it really was. So we interviewed him, and it was great, and Ryan could not have been any better. But without any further ado, let's hop into the interview now. Enjoy. All right, today's interview, we have a guy that knows Memphis very well. He was the recruiter of Desmond Bain, and he is the brother to the shoeless shooter, Mike Miller, but he is, most importantly, South Dakota Gold's own, Ryan Miller. What's up, man? Not too much. How's it going, man? You're bringing up some old, old stuff. South Dakota
0: Gold, uh, back when I was playing. and yeah. uh, And, and, and assistant player coaching. coach. Yeah, I didn't get much done there, so I ended up coaching. So, uh, as a player, <laughs> they, they, they got rid of the player side of it, and they just made it coach.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I was doing the, uh, in, in the Google Streets. And I was looking yeah. through and uh, sifting through some stuff. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's bring out the South Dakota gold. Uh, no but you choice. are no back in Memphis. Time. Yeah, you're back in Memphis now. And so you caught yes. the game last night. But I do want to ask a question. Just, to, you know, it's a personal question. Uh, you were once upon a time a, uh, a coach for John Calipari uh, with the Memphis Tigers. Your brother obviously played uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. So with that being said, what does Memphis kind of mean to you? But also how often do you, are you able to come back?
0: Well, Memphis, number one, is where I started my coaching career. And then obviously Mike had a a big-time impact playing for the Grizzlies here and had probably his best run of his career here at at Memphis. So those combinations of Mike having such a – his game really elevated uh, in the NBA at Memphis. At the same time, my coaching career really started. And people always ask me, I've worked for great coaches, Dixon and Steve Alford and uh, Coach McDermott. And I always say Coach Calipari had the biggest impact on my career because I was so young and I was a sponge and I was soaking up all this information from him. And so I really was at the infancy uh, of my coaching career. So I learned a lot. Number one, how to coach, how to market a program, all those great things Coach Calipari does. And then my brother, obviously being in town here and his, you know, his ascension of his NBA career at the same time was was pretty pretty awesome deal. Yeah, are you able to get back here a lot? Yeah, I mean, between recruiting, I've been able to get here and recruit, whether it's TCU, uh, I brought Jalen Fisher uh, from, uh, from Memphis to TCU, uh, Damian Bau, who was a transfer from Memphis from, uh, to TCU. And it's a place that, you know, create a lot of relationships, uh, a lot of trusting relationships. And so it's a place, you know, if uh, the Memphis Tigers don't want them, uh, sometimes I can get in and uh, get a player.
1: I like it. I like and it. So- I have great
0: relationships. I have, you know, my cousin Ernie lives here. My brother lives here and made his home here and his kids. And, you know, obviously Mason uh, plays for us at Creighton now. He's a freshman at Creighton, so his oldest kid. So his youngest kid's going through high school at Houston High School. So it's a great place. a great, has a, has a lot of history with family and friends and, um, you know, awesome place to be and, and an awesome basketball community.
1: Yeah. The community is great and it feels like a small town, even though some people consider it a bigger, bigger town. It's really not. It's really small town feel. Uh, but you were at the game last night. How was your experience there? Because it seemed on TV, because I could not go, it was pretty electrifying.
0: Yeah. Number one, it was awesome. Obviously, you had the Nets in town with Katie and, and Kyrie Irving and the rest of the guys. And then, uh, you know, what made it special, I went to the game with my brother, Mike, and uh, me and Desmond uh, Bain. Who, who plays obviously for the Grizzlies now, and I coached four years at TCU. Um, he broke Mike's single season uh, three point record last night while we we're in the house, so that was kind of cool, um, just because the relationships there and you know how Desmond started and how Mike started, and uh, I being in the house at, the, at that time when he broke that record is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so last night it was a record breaking moment where he was able to get you know two hundred and three, which is the franchise record over Mike Miller in a single season. Uh, that's pretty cool. So getting back to where in TCU, where you were able to recruit Desmond Bain, how in the world did you find him back in Richmond, Indiana? Well,
0: you know, like I said, like the one thing about the basketball community is, you know, you get to develop these relationships to kind of test the time. And, uh, what happened was, there's a guy that runs Indiana elite is, uh, one of the coaches there, Mark Adams, uh, his son, Drew Adams was a coach with me in New Mexico um he runs a au program called indiana league one of the better uh Adidas sponsored uh teams and i just got went from unlv to tcu uh got them the spring uh spring 6 7 years ago april of whatever year it was i can't remember off the top of my head but got there in the springtime and they call me mark calls me go i got this kid on my team uh not getting recruited a little bit from smaller schools ball state miami of ohio um you should check him out i think he's better than that and the tournament was in Dallas at the time. So I literally was like a week on the job. And uh, I go to, down to Dallas, the Adidas uh, tournament down there and, uh, you know, watch them play. I was like, yeah, he's really good. I go, why aren't people recruiting him? He has short arms. I go, that doesn't make any sense to me. He can play, you know, a player's a player. And then the recruiting started from there, uh, you know, recruited through his dad or his uncle, uh, Tony Bain. And, and uh, you know, he had his great grandparents and, um we're beautiful people and was talking to his coach he said he was an un- unbelievable player um you know had all the characteristics where we we're looking for a high character kid that could shoot the ball and you know we were just building that foundation of the program with coach dixon there and the most important thing to us is we want to start building our culture and he seemed like he was a hard worker that could really build our culture little did we know he'd be the 30th pick in the draft
1: yeah. He, uh, I was talking to coach Dixon about that on a previous podcast and it was pretty, it was one of the first recruits that y'all had and which was an awesome moment. Uh, but also getting a guy, even though he was in a small town, uh, Richmond, Indiana at a private school, putting up 30 point averaging 30 points a game, 11 and a half rebounds, six assists a game, three and a half blocks. Like he even had a 62 point game at one point, like Obviously, those numbers jump off to you. But in the end, it's a small town school. It's a small private school. So he's not going to be drafted or looked at and recruited by everybody. So the fact that you found him just in that small private school, because I was a small private school kid too, you're really a yeah. big fish, small pond. And you don't realize like, that you aren't looked at nationally like these other players are. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of the perfect storm too. Like he had an
0: injury between his uh, sophomore or his, between his sophomore and junior year. Uh, that he didn't play, so he didn't play on the AU circuit. And then the junior year uh, to senior, uh, my fault, the junior year to senior year, he did not play on the AU circuit because of injury, so he played as a senior in April. And that's where we saw him. So it was kind of a perfect storm where people questioned, like, okay, he was at small-town seat in, in Richmond, Indiana. Um, how did he How did he score all these points? Oh, the competition wasn't great. Um, Purdue was looking at him. Indiana was looking at him, but, like, the competition wasn't great. So he didn't play this AU basketball where you're going to play against some of these elite talented, talented players until his last year of his senior year. Um, so he was an unsigned senior playing in April, which is very very yeah. rare at the time, right? And, uh, you know, I saw, I watched every one of his clips on Synergy. I remember sitting down and watching every one of his clips over and over and over again. I still got them saved on my computer. Um, watch these clips. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I coach kids like Tony Snell, who is very little. Rec- I told Dixon, I came in his office. I said, I had this kid in New Mexico, Tony Snell. He reminds me a lot of Tony Snell. I mean, not the same, it's kind of the same game, but not really. But the uh, fact that nobody recruit- recruited them because he, for some reason, in Tony Snell's case, he played behind Kawhi Leonard at the high school he was at uh, this case, just small school, small arms. Everybody was worried about small arms and could have translate to our level. And I said, man, I-, I watched these clips over and over. I talked to everybody. Man, his character really sticks out. His work, I think, really sticks out. And I think he can play. Uh, And Nixon co-signed on it, and the rest is kind of history, you know?
1: Yeah. So, in a player like that, just be, I guess, pulling back to Kurt, do you have to fight for, and not really just actually fight, but just kind of hold and stand, say, hey, this is the guy. This is almost like creating a business case for this player. You should go get him because of that. Is it really just that kind of a strong, like, hey – you know, Coach Dixon, I really think this player would be good for our program. Is it that much where you having to say, "Hey, this is the type of player we need"? Because you have to kind of, I guess, explain why he would fit the program. Yeah, well, especially with Desmond's case
0: because he was unknown, right? Like, right, he was no star player. Like, no, no, yeah. no one really knew him. And so, uh, you know, you had to give a case because like Dixon's like, well, he's right next to Purdue. Why wouldn't Purdue take him? Why wouldn't Indiana? We're trying to be like those programs. I mean, there's no reason why we can't be. Um, And, you know, and I try to explain to him kind of what we talked about. And, you know, we both watched him and then he, he felt he felt the same way after watching him, too. And then we watched his clips, me and Dixon watched his clips over and over again. But for us at that time, going to TCU, it was real important to start getting our foundation for culture. We signed Jalen Fisher from Memphis, actually, at the same time. So that class was actually Jalen Fisher and, and Desmond and, and another kid, Kawhi Noah, who came a little later, as uh, overplaying overseas in NBL right now. So we had a really good three-kid uh, class that was really strong. And uh, coming into a new job, and they, they, they set the foundation for their success, really, uh, especially Desmond, because of his uh, uh, crazy
1: success being an All-Big 12 performer and then being a draft pick. So uh, Desmond um, did not come into camp just – he probably wasn't the most ripped guy, but he had the nickname Honey Bun. Can you give us anything behind-the-scenes uh, story of that?
0: I mean, I, you know, just because he, he – he number one, he liked Honey Buns. He liked a lot <laughs> of them. <laughs> you know, he just – he was always a pretty thick guy, pretty, you know, he carried some weight. Um, but that was one thing that kind of made him, too. I mean, he was always big and strong. I mean, even NBA standards, watching that game last night. I mean, he hasn't changed his physical nature. It really hasn't changed much. Yeah. Uh, he's always been a big, strong kid. He's toned up a lot, obviously, uh, where he's conditioning. He's really taken uh, over a little bit, but uh, he's always been a thick, strong kid. Um And that's been adds to his game, adds to his finish abilities, able to take hits and make some finishes around the rim. Um, But, you know, he had to clean up some things when he first got there, his diet, uh, his, his, he always had a pretty good work ethic, but he went to elite level work ethic once he, once he decided he really wanted it. And, uh, you know, with that, his body changed, his diet changed, and he fell in love with the process. Uh, And once that happens, you're willing to make those sacrifices to whatever it takes to get to the success level where he's at.
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't understand the process is really um, where you kind of, you know, I guess separate yourself as a player because you're in the gym when nobody's watching. I know it's the famous thing about uh, with John Moran, you know, in the dark, but that is the truth. Like a lot of times nobody's in there with you. You can kind of go unnoticed. And so the process and the hard work is really what sets you apart. Um, Speaking on that, that's really been the biggest thing that's kind of stuck out to me after, you know, kind of uncovering a little bit more about Bain uh, throughout different conversations, throughout podcasts, talking to different people. Um, do you Did you expect him to be this good when he was able to get drafted? Did you see him just kind of just jumping up this fast? Because he's now becoming maybe the two in Memphis, if not the three or however you want to say it, but he's really going to be a really good NBA player.
0: Well, nothing really surprised me with Desmond, first of all, um, because his his extreme work ethic and his extreme desire and passion he has for the game. I mean, uh, it's unbridled. of any kid I coach, uh, the kids at K- Creighton I coach now make fun of me, everyone, uh, well, a lot, because I bring him up all the time. Because I bring him up all the time because he her- carries the characteristics of guys that can have reset kind of a success. I mean, I really do. I mean, he, he was a guy number one, that came to us and didn't know if he can play at TCU. Um, I remember that vividly. Uh, he say, Coach, you sure I could play here? Yeah, you can play here. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but, yeah, you can play here. And then after year one, he figured out he could play here. And then year two, he comes up to me he goes, well, Coach, you're recruiting all these guys, man. You sure I can continue to play here? You're recruiting over me. I go, I go, Desmond, here's the deal. My job is to go get, get the most talented players to mesh within our team. Your job is to beat them out every year. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to beat him out every year. So he not only beat him out every year, he became the best. Then he then the process carried him to be the best player. And I would, I would tell people all the time. I come to the gym at 10 o'clock at night. I have to go pick something out of my office and I'd hear a ball bounce. I wouldn't even have to look out there. I knew who it was. Uh, That's how driven he was with the process. He was a guy 15 to 30 minutes uh, after practice every single day, get more shots up. He was a guy that during the summertime, he'd come into my office all the time and say, uh, let's look at the NBA guys. I want, I want to play in the NBA. After he started getting to success, I want to play in the NBA. I think I can do it. Well, other people were telling him, no, he says no, I think I can do it. So he started watching and, and watching guys that play similar like him. We started with uh, Danny Green. He's one of the guys we started at. Okay, let's start at Danny Green. He goes, I, I can do what Danny Green is. So he'd get in the gym and do everything that Danny, we'd watch 50 makes, 100 makes of Danny Green in NBA games and we'd emulate it in our workouts. And then he'd say, well, I can do what Danny Green does. I want to do what Clay Thompson does. I go, woof. That's, a, that, you know, going to all-star status. And, yeah. So then we started watching Clay Thompson. How did he get all of his shots? How does he get all – how does he score 60 points in an NBA game with 12 dribbles or whatever it was, you know? So we started watching that, and then we started to develop our workout routines uh, based on that. And now he's got that success going and got that confidence going, and now the moon. I mean, he could be an NBA all-star. There's no question in my mind uh, because his work ethic and his character and how he's able to – uh, look at the game of basketball, take his strengths, and really highlight his strengths and hide his weaknesses.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing because, obviously, you're only as bad as your weakness, right? But if you can somehow hide that and kind of do the other things that are you're as strongest at, you really can hide your weaknesses so much better. Uh, he is the flyby king, obviously, and so he is one of the guys that is lethal from beyond three. Uh, but one of these, the team, the Memphis Grizzlies, are very lethal right now. They're the second in the West. What surprises you out of them? Have you been able to keep up with the team and, in general because of Desmond Bain or and because of Memphis? Like, What's your uh, thoughts on the team in general? Yeah, it's a combination of both as, as far as following the team. I mean, uh,
0: for some reason, the Millers have kind of taken on uh, the Grizzlies because uh, of Mike's history here and, and us me living here and have a lot of family living here, obviously. So, you know, they kind of became Grizzly fans. And then Desmond being drafted here is unbelievable. But kind of so I watch them as much as I can uh During the season, now after season, I watch a lot more because our season is winding down, and, and uh I can sit down really pick pick out the game, pick apart the games. But I mean, it's phenomenal what they've done. I mean, the team that I was with my brother last night, and we we're talking about how they structure of the team. It, it's built to have success, man. It's built to have success. It's uh, really stars. Desmond's coming into Ja. Obviously, is one of the elite point guards in the NBA, and now you got Desmond, who's you know as good as any two guard right now in the NBA, I think. And then you have Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams is a great piece of the puzzle. I mean, you have great players in the bench. It's fantastic, man. They get punch scoring punches off the bench guys. I know their role like Brandon Clark to come off the bench. You know, it's the teams put together for a deep run in, uh, in the playoffs and it's exciting to watch.
1: He is Ryan Miller. Coach, we can't thank you enough. Uh, It's been an absolute blast. And so uh, there's a million other questions we want to ask, but I know your time is short, and so we want to keep that to you. Uh, But is there anything else that you have on Desmond Bain or any funny, uh, embarrassing stories that you could share about him? I mean,
0: I can't remember any really funny, embarrassing stories I could pick on him. But, you know, a lot of kids talk about uh, wanting to play in the NBA, but he understood what it took. The sacrifices, the commitment it took on a day-to-day basis, um, the passion you have to play with, the competitive nature you have to play with, and there's no there's a reason why he's playing where he's at and having the success he has is because he has delved into the process. He has fell in love with the process, and, and he's he's an unbelievable kid. And the Grizzlies are lucky to have him. I was lucky to coach him, and I was lucky to be there last night to watch him break my brother's record uh, for a season total of NBA three points and two hundred and three and counting.
1: Yeah, definitely, and counting. Uh, it, it's awesome to, uh, to see him play every night because he is a joy to watch. Um, the first thing my wife sent me after the game was a text. I love Desmond Bain. And I, I think it was our first time being in attendance this year, and so it was awesome. But, but he is the assistant coach at Creighton. He is one of the Millers. He's, he's a Memphian now, right? You're a Memphian now. So, Coach, that's all we have. Thank you so much. I appreciate having me on. Thank you. Thanks again to Coach Miller for coming in and blessing us with some time. Uh, he's back in Memphis, which is awesome. Uh, and the fact that he was able to see that last night had to be been one of the coolest moments. And he is a big fan of Desmond Bain. And his main comment was, anything to gas up that guy, I'm in. Well, speaking of gassing him up, let's just keep it going. Desmond Bain last night, 23 points, 6 of 10 from deep. That guy was absolutely lethal last night. The entire Grizzlies team was lethal. Another guy, 6 of 10 as well, DeAnthony Melton. He had 23 points. It was one of those games that you look back on and you think the guys rose up to the occasion. The Nets came in here and they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You know they're going to go off. Kevin Durant went off for 35, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 assists away from a triple-double. Also, Kyrie Irving, 43 points, 8 assists, 6 of 11 from deep. It was raining threes last night. It was one of those games that you look back and just think how awesome it was. The haymakers that were being thrown from each team, the Grizzlies, they have a good lead at halftime, right? They come out and they're playing well. Third quarter starts. Now the new uh, the Brooklyn Nets take out the Grizzlies. They've now taken over the lead. The fourth quarter comes back. There's more haymakers being thrown. Desmond Bain goes off. The Grizzlies go out, and they end up winning this by 12 points, 132 to 120. The game could not have been any better. It was one of those games that you're thinking, that is really what Grizzlies basketball is about. And we didn't even have Ja Morant. And a lot of people want to talk about the slander that is on John Morant and the MVP voting. Who cares? This team is awesome. And I'm gonna celebrate the team for being awesome. If if people, trolls, whoever, want to go out and talk about that that John Morant just isn't good, that's on you, man. That is on you. That means you have not seen John Morant play a game in person. I have. I will never ever say that he is not good and is not one of the best players in the NBA. The way the guy it plays is just absolutely magical. The way he can knife through the lane is just one one of the attributes that you take from a guy who has so many good things going for him, and he's a guy that will be really good and really great for this team out of Memphis. But it also goes to the fact that this franchise, the front office, has put together a group of guys that complement each other, but they also love to play with each other. And you could see that after the game when everybody kind of mobbed in on Desmond Bain. Those guys know what they're doing. They know they're on the big stage, but they're also having fun. They're on national TV, on ESPN, and they are showing it out. They showed out last night. And when they had a chance, they're all hopping on because they want to be on the TV. They want to have that moment. And those dudes really were a lot of fun. And the game, that was amazing. We now have 50 wins for the Grizzlies. It's right now, today, March 24th. The Grizzlies are 50-23. and 23. From my understanding, they're probably going to wrap up the, the two seed at this point. The game tonight against the Indiana Pacers, they can actually clinch tonight, which would be an awesome moment. It's going to be another game, more than likely, without John Moran. I don't expect to see him play against the Indiana Pacers. So you're going to see another game where the Grizzlies are just show why they are so good and why they are so deep on this team. They can easily go to 15 players on this team, if not more. The rest of the bench is really good. But the Grizzlies now have a two-game lead on the Golden State Warriors. And the other thing that we're watching is the operation convey the pick. Well, we're looking to make sure that New Orleans keeps losing. The Lakers are a half game up on them in the ninth spot. So New Orleans is still in the 10. We're also looking over in the east. That's very important because we want to continue to see the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards lose. So at this very moment, it has the Lakers, the 12th worst overall record. But with that being said, they're tied for 12th because they are also tied with the Knicks and the Wizards who are all have the same exact record. And then New Orleans is a half game back in the ninth spot. So it's very close and it's going to come down to a lot of tiebreakers to which we're going to watch a lot of those games because we really need the Lakers to figure out a way to win. So the Lakers were able to sit LeBron. That's okay. That was probably a chalk loss in the end of the day to the 76ers, even though it was a five-point loss. Uh, But looking out further, as we said, the Grizzlies take on the Pacers tonight with a chance to clinch. The Bucks take on the Wizards. We're looking for the Wizards to take another loss. The Bulls take on the Pelicans. We would love to see... The Bulls beat the Pelicans there. And so that's another game we're watching. And then as well as Friday, there's some games to just pay attention to. We will continue to put out the Operation Convey the Pick. And then we wrap up this week with the Bucks at the Grizzlies there Saturday, March 26th. And so it's going to be a good, fun week. I would hope that we might be able to have a chance to bring back Ja Morant on Saturday. But who knows? Well, that's all we have this week. I hope you really enjoyed... Uh, Coach Miller's interview because it was a lot of fun. But he is tied to the city in a lot of ways because he was able to start his career here uh, in Memphis coaching under John Calipari. But his brother being a guy who has been here since, even when he played here, he's went to Miami, came back. He now lives here. His son, he's actually a player under Coach Miller there in Creighton. And so it has a lot of ties. His youngest son is still here playing, and so it's a lot. It's really cool that he was able to give us some time uh, since he is back in town. Uh, but the fact that they are tied to the city so much is is really a cool thing. And even though they are from South Dakota, they're Memphians in my heart, and I hope they are too. So let's keep going on with this week. We want another win tonight against the Indiana Pacers, and then carry that on into the weekend. Saturday, my birthday, let's get a win against the Milwaukee Bucks. We have a preview coming for that game. It will be on Friday, so make sure you stay tuned. This was a special edition he gave us this time, so I wanted to put it out as quickly as possible. But we have another podcast coming out on Friday. It will be going to preview the Milwaukee Bucks game. And it's going to be with Eric Peterson, who is with the lead sports media. He is over Bucks lead, but he's also over the lead sports media. He's the head dog. He's the boss. And so we're going to have him in to talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks and how these Grizzlies are going to take them down on Saturday. No, we're going to break down a little bit about Milwaukee and their path this year and their season, but also ask his opinion uh, about the Memphis Grizzlies and ask what he knows about them and what he sees in, their future as in the playoffs because it's right around the corner. We don't have much time until the playoffs. So get ready and buckle up the rest of the way. It's going to be crazy, and we're here for it. We're going to bring you so much content over the rest of the way. It won't stop, so get in, get ready. Make sure you share the podcast. Give us a rate, a review. That would be awesome. It puts us higher on the charts. It gets us more involved in Memphis. We have so many guests that we're bringing in, and if you missed the Jamie Dixon interview, go check that out. Tom Izzo, Monica McNutt. I can keep going. There's players that we're going to continue to do throughout this year as well as throughout the summer and then next season so make sure you stay tuned because the interviews we have as well as our co-host ryan and the rest of the grizzly people we have so much we're going to bring to you but let's have a great week let's have a great weekend coming up stay tuned check us out coming out another episode on friday be nice and tell your friends